0: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement podcast. I am at the VPM ICA Media Center, and I am joined by a very special guest. This is a long time in the making for a long time Richmond resident. We have the head coach of University of Richmond basketball, Chris Mooney, joining the Cheats Movement. Coach, welcome to the
1: program. Uh, Great to be here. Thanks very much. I appreciate being on.
0: I appreciate this. I am born and raised in Richmond. I've been a huge fan for a, a very long time now. And I, I will say I happen to graduate from that university across the street. However, I've had a long, uh, long tenured respect for for what you've done over at the University of Richmond. Uh, it's been an, an amazing program and it's been an amazing journey. I think the first question I I want to ask you is you are in the start of your 18th season here in Richmond. I know coaches say, look, coach speak is always when you take a new job, you're going to say, hey, I'm here for a long haul. I'm here for a long time. This is my home. And then, you know, things change or situations change and so forth. Maybe not now, but maybe when you're going into this season, do you have a chance to reflect and say, man, I've been in this community, this family, this university for 18 years and and." And, and how do you re- reflect and, and what has drawn you to the University of Richmond for so long?
1: Yeah, well, one, I I feel really fortunate and so lucky to have been here to be able to to be the coach at Richmond, most importantly, and then to just live here. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of life events that have marked the, the time. Uh, we have two little boys who are 13 and 10, and, mm-hmm. you know, to think we've spent our first five years without any children and, you know, what our, what our lives were like then. Uh, and then, you know, since having the boys and little league and a uh, school and summer breaks and those kinds of things kind of, you know, have, have dictated uh, just how our family uh, operates and what we do. But yeah, when I reflect on it, that's probably the first thing that comes to mind, just how different my life was mm-hmm when when we got here uh you know my wife Leah and i moved in and didn't have children and just how we approached everything at that point and uh, many parents can can relate to that how different things are when you have children so and now you know obviously everything revolves around their schedules and their sporting (laughs) events or uh, you know school school activities so um yeah i i feel the 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 most overwhelming thing is just gratitude and appreciation that I've been able to be in such a great place for such a long time, uh, you know, coaching, well, uh, coaching uh, at a great, pl- at a great school. This, that's a great point.
0: Let me ask you this. And I didn't think of this Is I would ask you on the fly. If you can think back, what is it that you and your wife like to do when you first got to Richmond? What did you like to do the most? And 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 now and think about it, juxtapose that to now and with children that are, like you said, uh, in those in those years where they have, you know, they've, they're now they've got their own schedules and so forth. What do you guys like to do as a family? So what's I know a lot has changed, but uh single coach, <laughs> you know, new, not single, but newly small family, no children. When you were uh kind of go out in, in the Richmond community, what was that like versus obviously now to the whole family and I'm sure tons of family activities. How how has that changed for you?
1: Yeah, it has changed dramatically. You know, yeah, we we would you know we'd love to go out to dinner and out to eat, um, take weekend trips. But in <laughs> Richmond, we we love to go, you know, downtown, um, you know, and and just kind of enjoy and be around and you know uh, hit a couple of different places and. Uh, Of course, when you have children, especially, especially, you know, when they're, when they're under uh, two or three years old, obviously you're, you're more bound to the house and, uh, or hopefully a a local place or uh, pick up and bring it home. So yeah, it's just, it's so different. You know, the weekends went from being, you know, lots of things on the agenda to, to just being home and changing diapers, so that's uh,
0: funny. I've got an eight-year-old son, and so I, I joke around. I, I'll, I'll I'll never forget one day. I'm I'm sure he was around two or three, and it was like a Sunday afternoon, uh, and it was me and my son. And I took him to the children's museum, and there was like this section of just dads. Where it was, it was. I remember it was in football season, so it was a football Sunday, and it was like four dads just sitting there with their like four and five year old children, and we looked at each other and we're like, "Yeah, this is this is different now. <laughs> Life has changed quite a bit." Yeah, um, exactly. Let me ask because not only obviously have you been at the University of Richmond uh, for for quite some time, um, the list of accolades and superlatives that you have managed. To rack up, I mean, I don't want to go through all of them, but you're the all-time winning head basketball coach for men at the University of Richmond. Uh, two conference title appearances, uh, two conference championships, the only ones that University of Richmond have had in the A-10. Three NCAA appearances, Sweet 16 appearance. All of that stuff. And again, this is really tough to ask someone in season because I know you're looking at next game. But the, the body of work that you have managed to accomplish again not something that somebody goes in thinking i'm going to be <laughs> the or maybe you had maybe you did maybe you had a different attitude but but like do you ever sit back and just say this is this is crazy because again i will say this too i'm looking at you i've seen you coach on the sideline you are not look you're not an old man you're you you've got a lot more to do so does, does it ever get daunting to you to say man this, this is i have you know we've we're starting to rack up some kind of historical accolades here.
1: Well, um, I really appreciate it. Uh you know, it's not necessarily how, how I would think or a coach I think generally would think, you know, and the biggest thing is being in the position for a long time. And so to to that, you know, there are a lot of people that would would um would have an influence on that you know the the presidents and the athletic directors that I've worked I I checked you've survived four presidents yeah right
0: you have been through four presidents not not yeah. saying they were good or bad I'm just saying you've sure. been there the presidents come and go
1: right yeah no so there there's a lot that um goes into that and then you know we've had um you know the assistant coaches the support staff that we've had over the years the people who have given to the program and been supportive financially uh, who've given their time to us you know all those things are really really important and so you know I, I don't think that that I would look at it as this um, you know maybe one day I would look at it at the the achievements <laughs> that we've had but I think more it's like okay well we you know we, we've we've built up to this or we have an identity you know so that's really important to us we have this identity okay now how can we enhance that how can we make that a little bit better uh, you know we uh we have uh okay we've been able to recruit guys like this or from this area or be attractive to these type of guys more than we were before so how can we continue to build upon that we've been able to schedule nationally and play all over the country okay so how can we continue to do that or enhance our schedule so i think it's always trying to those whether they're victories or accomplishments just trying to have that be the next block and how we're trying to build and and grow uh, to hopefully be better and better and better.
0: That's a good point. Talk to me about uh, Richmond's identity. And now it's it's, it's just to be frank, it it has to be. It's an identity molded in your philosophy and in in many ways your image. Uh, But it really has, you really have built – kind of an idea of what a University of Richmond team is, who a University of Richmond player is. Talk to me about your identity as a as a program and your philosophy uh in regards to bringing in players that you think you can run that. So when we think about a coach Mooney uh team, what what do you want people to to know?
1: Yeah, that, that that's a great question. I think it's probably the most important question of our program or the most important piece of our program is that we we want to establish an identity of um one players and and student athletes who who fit the university of richmond so they're good students they're conscientious uh they're good people and you know they have they'll have a they'll make a positive imprint on richmond whether they you know are super successful on the basketball court or whether they're um just not quite as successful basketball wise, but that that's really important to me anywhere, but especially at Richmond with 3,000 students, a private school, <clears throat> you know, a really uh, wonderful place to be able to go to school. We want to make sure that as the basketball team, we're so visible that we're always doing things right. And I would say as a basketball player, we want guys who play smart, play tough, play together. And that's going to be really important in terms of just your willingness to play as a team, offensively, defensively play team basketball and, you know, have, um, you know, have a really good feel for the game because that's what we're going to constantly do is talk about how we're playing together awareness of where the other nine guys are on the floor and playing together. And so I think that when people see that, that's, really positive to me because that starts in recruiting and identifying those types of players, you know, hopefully they're the they're the good enough students that we can recruit and get accepted to Richmond. Then they're tough enough and disciplined enough to work very hard and be part of our program and learn from the older guys and be on the court and play and play a certain style, which mainly has to do with playing team basketball. Uh, But I think the advantage that we have is that it does start in the recruiting. So the very first um, conversation that we're going to have with a recruit when he's 16 years old is our style of play and what our program is about. And then those things are going to be constantly reinforced during the time through his recruitment and while he's here. So that's how we can get to be a very identifiable program and have an identity that um, is interchangeable from guys from 4 years ago or 8 years ago or 12 years ago that were playing a particular style based on that teamwork that they both have the ability to play and inside them they have the the vision and understanding and um discipline and appreciation for, to play that way also
0: now hearing that that sounds to me um very i i i I wasn't it wasn't in these rooms, but I can only assume, and people may not know this. You're a heck of a basketball player yourself. Uh, Hearing what you said about the identity of what you want University of Richmond to be, how much is that sound or parallel to the Princeton program from the legendary coach Pete Carell, that recruited you and had you play as again? Most people may not know this because you're a four-year starter at Princeton. But what if if you just if you say just a random basketball fan that has, you know, has some knowledge of the game. Who's the ultimate team? Like an ultimate team, I think some of those Princeton's teams that you played on might come up. Is that is, is that a philosophy that's always that you've always had, or is that something that kind of you, you learn from a, a legendary coach and your playing experience and you transferred it over? Where does that come from? Because it really does sound it could be parallel.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is I was that's why I think I was really drawn to go to Princeton and play for Coach Carrill, because you know, in the recruiting process, you know, especially now, recruits are told a lot of very positive things and maybe embellishments about how good they are. (laughs) And uh, not you, you, Coach, Coach. not you. uh, When (laughs) Coach Carrillo recruited me, uh, he sat down and he, I mean, for the first five minutes, he talked about all my weaknesses. (laughs) And, uh, you know, for me, we got finished the conversation and I was, ready to commit. I loved it. I, I loved Oh that, really? Yeah, that he was just willing to be honest. And I agreed with him. And and he talked a little bit about a lot about passing and a sense for the game and um you know w- why why those things are so important. So yeah, I, I think that um I, I hope that we're a lot like those teams that that I was able to play on and before and after me. But uh but yeah I, I think that those you know being direct and honest are pretty required <laughs> if you want to have a team a, a team that plays team basketball because yeah. you know you can't you can't sugarcoat guys taking bad shots you know you have to make sure that they are pretty directly addressed and so that everybody has a good understanding of what a good shot is how we're going to try to score and how we're going to try to defend with all five guys
0: coach here's a fun question for you cuz again I, I i do say you're you're a heck of a ball player could player Chris Mooney play for Coach Chris
1: Mooney? <laughs> would you have recruited yourself? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I would have cried. Rec- I don't might have wanted somebody a little bit faster. Uh well if you could play for Coach Carrill for four years, you could play for anybody. So uh, I'm pretty confident that I'd be able to play for myself That's having played for Coach Carell. Hey, so one thing that that
0: I don't think even like I said being a, a member of the Richmond community and being a, a, a hoops fanatic, I'm a, a giant hoops fan. Um, you guys recruit Richmond and the and the surrounding Richmond metropolitan area pretty well. I don't think that it gets enough. In many ways, I don't think you get enough credit for. Uh, always seeming to have a kind of a stable of a Richmond Metropolitan member this year. It's it's uh, the point guard Nelson that came out of John Marshall. But uh, you guys do a really, really good job of getting kind of, like you said, your type of players. But you do do a good job in, in, in getting Richmond Metropolitan area uh, kids into the program. I, I know the philosophy doesn't change. Maybe proximity does, and obviously, like I said, we've got a lot of competing uh, D1 basketball programs right here. What's the sell to to get a kid to stay home?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point because you know since we've been here, I've said our top recruiting priority is Richmond. Um, you know, we want to try to um, attract the very best of of the local guys. I think we've had a Richmond player every year since we've been here, starting with Ryan Butler from Douglas Freeman and
0: yeah,
1: Marion Brothers from um from Benedictine, Trey mm-hmm. Davis Benedictine. So, you know, Nick Sherrod from St. Chris, we have really, we've really emphasized that. And obviously one, it's easier because you know about these guys from when they're young and whether they've been to our camp or mm-hmm. we've been able to see them very often. That's a that's a, a good a good place to start, but um, you know, I I feel like this you know the University of Richmond is part of the community and should stand out as a uh, you know a, a an incredibly great place within uh, Richmond, and uh, I, I feel like when we've had guys from the area who've come to visit, they they're able to see games, they're able to be here for pick up games in the off season and hang out with our guys, you know, that's a tremendous advantage. And being Mm -hmm. that, being that Richmond produces a lot of really good players, uh, that that's, that's something that's really, really important to us. And yeah, we haven't ever played a game here without a, without a Richmond native. That's amazing. Yeah. We want to try to keep that going because there are really good players here. And, you know, those guys are, are, um, we don't recruit them necessarily harder than other people but because of the proximity that we get we can get a little bit closer to them and know them and their families better i feel like those guys feel a really strong sense of uh responsibility to 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 be good players at their local school you know because they're ex- because their families are at every home game and you know because they're um their friends and the people they have with in high school they they can keep such good track of them whether you know more so than if they went out of state or something like I don't, that. Look,
0: when you say that, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. That's like,
1: look, for sure, I need to, there's some pressure there for sure. Right, I need to get, I need to get away from some of this. Yeah,
0: that, <laughs> that's uh, that, it's a testament. I think it's a testament to to yourself and the program um, that you are, like I said, that you are able to 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 recruit it. You know, recruit the area. Um, identify especially the types of players that you mentioned a uh, Nick Sharad or, or or Nelson that that's come to the University of Richmond these are it, it's interesting because these are kids where you'll say oh they seem like you are players they it, it just fits and it and it seems Nelson's look Nelson's a little bit taller than the point guards you've had in the past <laughs> in recent past anyway but uh, he's a go-getter he's these get, kids getting after it and he's had a pretty pretty strong start to the season i believe um you've had Speaking of players in general, you've had you know whether it's the the Gilliards or the Andersons or the T.J. Clowns, you've had a run of of pretty amazing players. Um, this year, I think all eyes are on on, on Trey Burton and, and players and, and and what he's he's going to do. Um, as a coach, when you see somebody that now like after several years now has kind of been identified as you know this this kid has the potential to play at the next level or this kid is going to be the leader of your program what's what's those conversations like not just with Burton but throughout the years sure. when when a kid has run to you know rose to captain status or something and you have to sit him down and say all right this is what it's going to be now it's a little bit different
1: yeah yeah for sure I think well number one I mean it's it's great to you know it's just such rare rare as a guy who could play division one basketball and then play mm-hmm. at this level and then be considered for the next level. So it's an exciting time, but it's, it's also, um, you know, the, the odds are, are completely stacked against you just statistically. The odds yep. are, are, it's a long shot. And even when you get on the radar, the best thing that the NBA does is, you know, there's a tremendous amount of honesty and transparency from the NBA, uh, in terms of when they evaluate the players. So you can get feedback, very direct feedback. And what they've also done is they've allowed players now to sign with an agent, even if they're going to return to college. Right. So they kind of like, you know, they kind of unsign with the agent if they want to come back to college. And so there are, there's more information available than ever before. Uh, The NBA teams are very honest. You know, they, they're not in a position where they're recruiting anybody. So they don't need to, sugarcoat anything or make anything sound better than it is and so i think like uh with tyler burton like a big part of what when we were going through it is we wanted to stay as connected to him as possible which is easy because he's a great kid and we're talking to him all the time stay connected to his agent as possible and his parents as possible just Mm. so that we were all seeing the same information being shared with everyone and so um we were able to to do that and tyler's a great kid and tyler's also unlike a lot of basketball players in his position very uh, realistic and appreciative of Mm. the truth so he doesn't um you know he doesn't think i'm gonna go and be lebron james he knows that okay this is the feedback i'm getting these are the things i need to work on this is how i have to apply it so that part has been pretty good and it's kind of matched up with how how we would evaluate and talk to Tyler anyway. Uh, it just puts another element or another piece of the puzzle uh, in play where we're, we're talking about the NBA, the G league overseas, those kinds of things. But the most important thing I think is that constant communication, making sure everybody's on the same page and uh, the honest and direct being able to give and take that honest and direct evaluation to the player, from the player, from the family, every, in, in every way.
0: With that has, kind of the recent changes of college basketball in the last couple of years uh, impacted you in a way that you never, for like NIL, for example, is that something now that as a coach you have to deal with? Like kids could always transfer, but what's happening now with the transfer portal are, I think it's just almost night and day from even what it was six or seven years ago, especially five years ago, pre COVID per se. Yeah. Yeah. those two things in particular, as as you evolve and kind of <laughs> do the things that you have to do, um, the transfer portal and NIL both are kind of separate entities. But how do you navigate both of those?
1: Yeah, it's it's so different now. Uh, you know, even I, I see, I think, you know, a bunch of the ACC starting quarterbacks are in the portal, and oh, it's,
0: it's like a. It's, um... I'm a big baseball guy and we're in the middle of just finishing up hot stove season, but it's almost like, you know, NBA free agency or um, MLB hot stove season. It's like there's a countdown. And then on Monday, the portal hits. And now you've seen, especially in D1 college football and college basketball, like, but it's everywhere. Um, it's, It's almost like free range of motion. There's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's such a different time. And I think that, you know, I don't know exactly what the rule should be. Um, but the difference between NBA free agency or NFL free agency is that's the player's a free agent after his contract expires. Right? <laughs> good,
0: po- good point. Good point. Good point.
1: I didn't think of that. <laughs> at this point, we, every single guy could be a free agent every year. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that's you know, as as rules were becoming more liberalized and, and more say player friendly, uh, which I think is a positive, Mm. Uh, you know, we've also lost the idea that, um, you know, that they could be a free agent every year. So that could be enticing to a player, even if he's quote unquote happy at his first place, he might be, you know, he might be tempted to go in the transfer portal because he thinks he can do better. And which again, I, I don't necessarily know is wrong. Uh, but it makes it a little bit more difficult and makes it a little bit trickier to, you know, manage your roster, to recruit, to know mm. who you have to recruit. Um, and I, I I don't know, you know, I think that, you know, we certainly see both the positives and negatives. So Richmond could go into the transfer portal and get a good player. That Right. We you've, gotten, to, you've
0: gotten transfers before. Yeah. yeah.
1: That we weren't able to do in the past. That didn't have to sit out of here. Now, mm but the threat of losing guys after so much has been done in every way in, in uh, you know, athletically, academically, um, you know, committing to the guy, making sure he's surrounded by good people, all, all the things that are done, if that's lost and somebody else gets the better player, you know, that can, that can be frustrating. So uh, again, I'm not sure what the rules should be, but it, it's so different and it's created it's created. Um, it's created a, a. I think that the ba- overall basketball will suffer if if the if the best teams can't even hold on to their guys, mm. and you're always playing first and second year guys, e- even if they're older in your own program. First and second year guys, I don't know if the basketball ultimately will be quite as good.
0: No, I mean, th- that makes sense, and it's, I just remember how hard it used to be. I, re- <laughs> I would hear stories about like. Coaches in conference like denying a transfer, like, you know, what I mean? like, yeah. nope, you can't transfer in conference. You have to sit right. out a year. And I, there's parts of, like you said, there's parts of, of the portal that that is good in regards to, you know, having kids play right away and not, uh, not sit out. As a basketball fan, I will say the thing that confuses me the most is the extra COVID year. And I know why they did it and they're supposed to do it. And that's great. But now I, I literally see players that I think like, like, yeah, that, that's gotta be like a six year. <laughs> it's like, he's got two years of eligibility level. What's happening? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> um, has NIL impacted your program? Do you have to have conversations with kids about kind of selling their likeness and image?
1: Yeah, we do. And, and the university, our athletic department um, has done a great job. You know, Richmond's unique in that we have both a business school and a law school. Uh, we've collaborated with with those two schools in our athletic department to create, um, you know, as thorough and as um, clear uh, um, an Nil, um, you know, opportunity as 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 you could have. And you know there are these the, the Nil, I think originally was was meant for the, you know, a, a student athlete to capitalize on his likeness in a, in a video game or maybe, you know, <laughs> the,
0: uh, the That's how the obeda lawsuit started. Yeah, I exactly. don't know what it is now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, or helping to sell a car or, sure. or something. So, but now, you know, it's become, it, it's become a little bit different than that. And again, I don't know if that was what the intention was. And again, I'm not sure that it's wrong, uh, but I feel like, you know, the opportunity to, to, to attend college, graduate college, uh, for free. Uh, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. And I I don't, I don't think it's wrong for players to be able to make money. And I think the old rules where you, you know, some guys, you weren't allowed to work a summer job. If you weren't scholarship, those kinds of things, I think, I don't think they were correct either. Uh, but I don't want to, you know, if a kid makes a college decision, and another transfer decision based on his few thousand dollars in NIL money. Well, that's not nearly as, that's not nearly as uh, impactful as graduating from the best possible school with the best possible degree and the best possible GPA. Like those are the things that are, will impact you for the rest of your life. You know, that five, 10, $20,000 that'll likely be gone pretty quickly.
0: Absolutely. Coach, let me ask this, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined by University of Richmond Head Basketball Coach Chris Mooney. He is in his 18th season uh, at the University of Richmond, and we we're talking ab- about as well uh, not just your love for basketball and love for the university, but your, your love for a greater community. One of the things that you've uh, you- you've often done, charitable activities, I know the one that stands out to, uh, to a lot of us is the – It was, was it the celebrity cook-off or is it the wait, were you a celebrity waiter or was it a cook-off? It was for for Positive Vibes Cafe and it was a longstanding situation. And that's just one of the, you know, kind of charitable philanthropic type things. So quickly, can you cook? Is that a cooking thing? (laughs) And then talk to me about just about the kind of the, the give back. I know you're sometimes you have your players go out and do different philanthropic things, but giving back to the community at large. And why is that so important to your program?
1: you know i appreciate that the well positive vibe cafe is an, just an incredible place and we did the cook off for many years and since we had COVID. It was COVID, out, covid right that, isn't it? right yeah. exactly yeah and uh but it's a great place uh that that helps to train um you know basically uh anybody with a disability um to to be able to get work and, and through their training program, I think it's well over a thousand people have graduated from their training program. And, you know, thus can, can help to make a better life life for themselves. And uh, it's just a great place. And we did that since VCU's had a bunch of coaches over the years. You
0: have, you've, you've, you've battled
1: quite a few. (laughs) Uh, But I cannot cook and we're, we're we're paired with a a chef in Richmond, a local chef in Richmond, which has been great to meet those guys. Um, over the years and it, it's really been a fun night but yeah we've you know the University of Richmond has a great partnership partnership with Special Olympics so we've been involved in that our guys have you know read uh, uh you know dozens of of uh grade school and middle school students and talked about the importance of of their academics and education uh you know when our guys have you know been adopted some some uh young people over the years as part of our team, you know, some things have just been really very special and it's great for everyone involved. And, and as most, you know, almost as much as anyone, the players, because they see the impact or the stars in the kids' eyes or, Mm. you know, how much of an impact they can have because of the platform. They're so, they're so fortunate to to have. So uh, that that's really been, been a, a great part of our job and something that's important to all of us.
0: Coach, I'm going to get you out of here on the a, on a last couple of, uh, of fun ones here. Um... <laughs> uh, look, I don't know if you're going to know this one. I, I hope so. But is recruiting any of your players easier? Have you ever used the fact that a famous hip hop rapper by the name of Dave East played under you? Are you familiar with this?
1: Have you used this I've with heard your kids? Of them. Well, we have not, we have not used it in recruiting, but we do. Uh, <laughs> we usually do have. Uh, <clears throat> we'll play some Dave East music during one of our talks and talk about, um, you know, it's a way to talk about him and a, a teammate of his name, David Gonzalez, who was a great player. for Sure. sure
0: absolutely. Uh, but yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Dave has done incredibly well in his career. And, you know, <laughs> while he was here, he was a rapper uh, and, and, you know would be on campus rapping yeah. and, and uh you know I think his studies suffered a little bit because of that but he he really wanted to be and to see him make it and what I'm sure is an incredibly competitive field sure. is is ter- terrific for him. He could really uh, shoot ball now. He could really shoot.
0: He really <laughs> That's what I've heard. I heard he's I mean I heard if if there was a look if there was a rapper basketball category he'd be at the top of the list yes, like they sure. say the, of, of rap look again I, i've alluded to this in the past but you are uh uh you know it, it's 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 a little ways removed it's not long removed when was the last time you challenged a player one on one
1: that's a long He's, time ago that <laughs> that's yeah That's at least 10 or 12
0: (laughs) years ago. Yeah, Very nice. That was was the last time. Look, do you get out? I I remember when I was uh, years ago, years ago, when I would play hoops. uh, uh, There's this funny thing because a lot of times um, your players don't really think you can play. They right. just think you're the coach. They don't. They don't know. And I remember seeing a couple of my coaches get out there and really shoot the ball and shoot really shoot the rock. And it's like, I'm like, what's going on here? Um, but that's really funny. Do the, do the do the players that you that play
1: for you now know what type of player you were? Well, I don't think they do. And <laughs> we, you know, when we were first here, we were all, we were all so young. The assistant and I would play a lot, and I, I think we won. We would enter a team in the intramural. Uh, we oh, uh, cha- oh, uh, won the championship, I think, three straight years, and then retired ourselves.
0: Oh, that's funny. Uh,
1: but no, they, they they're they're not aware and probably don't care. So that's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably, funny. This is fine as it is. Well, coach, uh,
0: you I, 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 I won't get you out of here without asking about. Like you said, you have you have two boys now, and, and a family, and they're and they're playing sports and so forth. Um do do they do they play hoops is hoops their sport what do what do they like to play and and how hard is it watch look as as a coaching mentality how hard is it to watch your children play and have absolutely nothing to do with the outcome or their kind of teaching in that sense
1: yeah to be honest that that part has been fine for me you know uh I, I, they both play a lot of sports including basketball obviously they're around basketball constantly so they're, sure. they're pretty drawn to that but no, I, I can I can usually watch and 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 be very quiet and uh, just enjoy enjoy the game. Or, I mean, I suffer when there's a bad play or you know, <laughs> one of my sons makes a mistake for sure. But but no, I, I can I can be quiet. I, I know I know what it's like on this side, and, and I don't doesn't need any any more voices for sure. That's funny. I'll tell you quickly.
0: Funny, like my uh, so I coach my kids' baseball team, but uh, my my son started playing soccer. He's eight years old. And I know nothing about soccer, and I'm just, like, sitting there with my wife. And my wife looked at me one soccer game and goes, yeah, you need need to go back to coaching or something because I can't sit beside you during a game because I had, like, no outcome, nothing to do. I'm just sitting there watching, like, very – Uh very emotional. She's like, You you gotta you gotta do something with yourself. So if you're able to sit there and not cause any commotion, you're doing a good job,
1: Coach. (laughs) I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Uh ladies and gentlemen, this is Coach Mooney. That's the season is going. They take the take the they're back on the court on Saturday. Uh you have a really, really fun team this year. Uh we didn't talk too much about this particular uh this year's team, but uh, had a good trip up to uh, to Brooklyn. Got got a win out, out of Temple. I was actually at the VMI game, the season opener. Uh, is there anything uh, anything about this particular team that uh, you're looking forward to as they develop?
1: Yeah, a lot. I, I think that you know we, we've opened with a with a very good schedule and a bit of a new team. And so, to be honest, I'm really high on the team. I, I feel like we have. Uh, some some room to grow, but I think we have the direction and have an understanding of of what needs to be done and how we're going to try to get there. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about about this group because, uh, you know, in our days off, every guy in the gym is every guy on the team is in the gym. Uh, mm. You know, after practice, you know, the vast majority of the guys are sticking around. They love to play. They love to compete. And uh, I, I think it has the making of a very good team. Excellent, coach.
0: Well, best of luck as you consider, cons- as you go through the rest of the season. Uh, you don't think this way. I would, as someone, <laughs> I would say, look. No matter what, the next win I have is gonna just set the new bar, set the new record for wins at <laughs> University of Richmond. You know, I know you can't think that way, but if I was the coach, I'd be like, look, I'm already playing with house money over here, uh, coach. Uh, wish you the best of luck as you continue. This has been really fun, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do it again sometime down the road. That'd be great. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is the Cheats Movement Podcast. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we see it. Yeah. Yo, yo, it's time to play, leaving. Right. See you at the airport.